0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Todd Brown, and I'm here, as always, with Robert Peek. Hey, Todd. Hey, Robert. Um, our goal in this podcast series is really to give you some uh, some inspiration, hopefully some education, a little bit of enlightenment about the Getting Things Done methodology and how it can help you to be more productive, be more effective, but also do that in ways that reduce your stress levels, uh, keep your head clear and allow you to shut off from work when you want to shut off from work. Um, and Robert, as you and I were talking uh talking today about what we were going to talk about, a topic that came up that apparently you and I both recently had experience of in in, in our client conversations and in our own work had to do with um with language, the language of productivity. Um, you know, the words that we use and and the importance really of having a having a common understanding of of what words mean in in our in a productive sense. So, so um, you know, what comes to mind for you as we sort of kick off the conversation? What do you think is relevant?
1: Well, definitely a hot topic for me as someone who who thinks about and works with language a lot as a writer, as a poet, um, and as a as a consultant. It's amazing, um, you know, what a difference a term makes sometimes in terms of people uh, being able to align with. Um, align with a shared sense of, of purpose or goal. GTD has its own language, and I think sometimes, you know, what occurs to me is that we can potentially get into a bit of inside baseball, a bit of jargon, um, you know, when we're talking to uh, each other as fellow practitioners. So, I mean, one thing that occurs to me is that there's a great opportunity to you know, get the principles of GTD, understand those, um, and then make sure as an organization, you're aligned on what the terms mean, and also how we use that to collaborate effectively. You know, having a shared language, basically, I guess, is, is what I'm talking about. And yes, you know, the kind of natal language, you know, whatever, you know, first language or whatever language is you speak, you know, sort of human languages are one thing. Um, but also just understanding what we mean, when do we call it a project? Do we call it an outcome? Do we call it a, you know, what? what is all that? So um, I think it's a great topic. I think just as it's incredibly important that you know why you're labeling things the way you are for your individual reference systems and that kind of thing, I think it's equally important to understand why you're labeling things or flagging things or using the words you're using to communicate in certain ways with your colleagues and whether or not whether or not they actually know, know know what you're intending when you when you say that, so we always look at you know going kind of going going slow to go fast, right? To to um, to get kind of some foundation laid and to get things uh, to get everyone kind of on the same page about about what's going on in order for everyone to then really be more effective. And and I think having a shared understanding of what we mean when what we when we say what we say um, is a really great. You know, behavior to to front load at the start of a project, at the start of a team alignment, at the start of anything. So, yeah, a lot of kind of high level thoughts there, just about the importance of language, the importance of language in individual productivity systems, and the importance, especially uh, when we're communicating with with one another. Uh, what stands out to you? You you've recently been doing some work actually with people around. The language they use, uh, uh, you know, groups of GTD practitioners and helping them collaborate more about that. What, what, uh, what was that like, and what kind of stood out to you from that experience?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, th- thanks. I, I think the thing that, as you were talking about it, something that came to mind for me is that before we even get into interpersonal communication, quite often the language that we use in getting things done helps people to. Uh, broaden their understanding really of what's helpful in terms of in terms of um, you know the way things are are called even if i'm just you know talking about the way that i understand things myself an example that comes to mind for me is the example of a waiting for situation right Um, as soon as you explain the idea of a waiting for you know whether you're doing a coaching or whether you're doing a seminar and and people sort of get it um, And for those of you that maybe aren't familiar, a waiting for situation is a situation where either you delegated something and you're waiting for it to come back. So in other words, you've sent an important email, you're waiting for a response, or you've asked someone to deliver a project for you and you're waiting for that to happen. Or someone's just promised you something, right? You know, maybe, who knows, maybe you've ordered something online, who knows. But anyway, the situation is you're waiting for for the efforts or the results of somebody else's work. That's a waiting for. And as I say, in in, in a lot of the, the work that I've done, as soon as you explain that idea, not only do people get it straight away, right, but they also understand I've had this in my life for a long time, and I've never had a name for it, right, I've, 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 most people. By, by far the majority of people say, I just have not had a name for that. And just being able to name it gives them a sense of control over it and a way to handle it practically that I think is a, is a big upgrade for, for most people. But but to come back to what you were saying, um, yeah, I, I've just come back over the last couple of weeks. I was doing some work um, uh, on the continent with uh, with uh, you know clients face-to-face, first, first face-to-face work I've done in quite a long time. And the environment that I was working in was an environment where... <clears throat> This organization was was uh, is using collaborative software, right? So so team oriented software, things like Microsoft Teams and Asana and and, uh, and Jira and things like that. And what was interesting for me was well, for one of the things that I that I knew was going to be a topic of conversation was how do we make sure that these group oriented tools that we have work effectively with our individual GTD systems, right? I knew that was going to be a topic and, and we, we spent some time talking about that and then refining that for the individuals in the room. But the other thing that took uh, quite frankly longer than I anticipated was coming to agreement about what things are going to be called. you know we have in uh, we have in GTD this idea of a project, right a multi-step outcome that you're going to do in the next few months or maybe up to a year. Um, uh, and there was a conversation around, okay, well, we have this thing in our collaborative software called, uh, you know, for example, called a ticket, right? They use the use Jira. Um, so how does a ticket relate to a project or how does a ticket relate to a next action? We have these things in our collaborative software called epics. Is that something that even exists in our GTD systems and how do we, you know, and how do we, uh, refer to them? So, um, it was a, as I say, it, it took us the better part of about an hour and a half by the time we talked through absolutely everything. But the result of that was, I think, that that everybody came out of that with a much clearer understanding, not just about not just of how their individual system was going to help them, but also about how were they going to have efficient conversations with each other about. How we best make use of this new methodology as part of the bigger you know the bigger jigsaw puzzle that we have to uh, the bigger productivity jigsaw puzzle that we have to uh, that we have to try to complete so yeah as as you say quite uh, quite timely does that does that trigger anything for you in terms of different perspectives? Yeah,
1: no I think that's that's really interesting and as you as you talk about these different systems and approaches to managing people's focus time and energy, there are there are there's a lot of crossover, right? You know the the waiting for in our world is very similar to what we would call blockers on a kanban in a kind of scrum scrum style situation, right? It's called we can't progress this until this other thing external to our team basically happens. Um, so it is it is a kind of universal thing, and I think a lot of um, uh, a lot of the power of GTD is when people start to realize, as you say. This exists. This is reality in terms of workflow and work management that these kind of things uh, show up, you know. And, you know, uh, sprints are just time box mini projects, you know, epics are actual projects, you know, and how you go into the detail and define those things. The software world has really, I think, done a lot to get clear about language. And partly, I think this comes from the fact that programming languages are incredibly precise, right? You know, you, you can't just kind of make it up as you go along or write it the way you would write a, a spoken or a written language and hope the compiler's going to get your gist, right? It's, it's very prescribed. It's very specific. As a result, it allows, uh, you know, the people in the program world to collaborate very effectively. And there's this kind of this hilarious pie chart I saw one time that, you know, the survey of what are some of the most difficult aspects of programming, you know, and they were talking about, you know, object inheritance and, you know, um, uh, structuring design patterns, all these different things. And the overwhelmingly large part of the pie chart said, figuring out what to name our variables. <laughs> and it's, as a long time, you know, program programming background person, that's absolutely, absolutely true. So um, I think it's amazing how, Powerful language can be. I think it's no surprise that um, a lot of these methodologies that really work to focus people in on what's the goal, where are we headed, um, that are very effective, have evolved in the in the software world. The, the ones that are truly flexible enough to work, right, that aren't that aren't so rigid that they end up um, getting into the kind of the the mythical man month and a lot of these other these other problems with with personnel management. Um, and I think one of the most powerful aspects, as you mentioned, is is really getting to under grips with the desired outcome for the rest of us sort of knowledge workers that aren't in on these, you know, uh, sprint planning sessions with our, you know, with our product manager figuring out and voting on what the different features should be. It's amazing to me still how many, how many organizations launch, you know, project taco, you know, they give it some cute acronym or name or whatever. And then people have on their list, yeah, I'm working on project taco, you know? And, And I say, well, what's the actual desired outcome? And they think about it for a bit and we, we, you know, sometimes go back and forth a little bit. And it turns out this outcome is that their ERP system is fully installed and optimized, you know, and I go, why aren't we just saying that all the time? You know what? It's amazing too, how better outcomes emerge more quickly in terms of what the next steps are, right? In terms of who's got what and who needs to do what and so forth. When you stop calling it project taco and you start calling it ERP system, you know, fully running. So, um, yeah, big, big, big fan of appropriate use of language coming from those, those two different disciplines, right? The expressive one of poetry and the very, um, precise one also in a very different way of, of, of computer programming. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, it's important to understand what the part, what parts of, um, a software system mapped to what, how you're going to use that in your GTD system, right? Outlook tasks can represent either projects or actions. Um, and I think it's equally, you know, important that what actually goes into that system and what everybody looks at together too when they come together to collaborate is, a, is an agreed upon outcome, you know, is a really clearly agreed upon outcome with whatever level of detail too, right, that you need to put into that about what the stakeholder's in the ERP system, for example, all you know, want to be true to make it truly, you know, get signed off off as a success. But wow, desired outcome. Some people don't realize that how many they have and haven't taken the time to define what desired really is too, what what the success state is. But it sure makes a difference to have a long list of success states you're looking at rather than a long list of code words, you know, that you're constantly mapping and deciphering in your brain. And It's amazing too how many how much people are working on a thing versus working toward an outcome just based on the way that they hold it in terms of language. I don't know what do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah, it, it, you know, the, as you're as you're talking about that, I'm, I'm, it takes me back to the one environment where it really was preferable to have projects with names like Project Taco. And that was when I was back, when I was still working on Wall Street, um, and I spent some time uh, in, in an M&A department, a mergers and acquisitions department, and the, all of the projects that were underway, and the projects, of course, were Company X was buying Company Y, right? All of those projects had names like Project Taco, Project Rutabaga, Project Reindeer, Project whatever. And that was simply because you did not want it to be generally known that you know that even within the bank of course that company x was thinking about buying company y so um so other than that i'm completely with you and it's and it is so vanishingly rare right that people have really figured out what is our desired outcome painted a really rich picture when they're working together on a project of what done looks like you know that is that is in my um experience there's a lot of um Potentially very, very valuable work to be done there. And we've talked in the past about, you know, one of the tools that we've got in the GTD world that can help us to ensure that we've looked at our projects from all of the appropriate and helpful angles. This, this, uh, this mechanism or this, this, this process that we call the natural planning model, um, that can help with that. But no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you completely. It's, it's a, um, you know, the other, the other thing that came to mind for me is, as you were talking about it was, I think that another interesting evolution that's been happening, and this goes, you know, my career, career, spans many decades now, Um, one of the the interesting things that's happened, I think, is that the the tools that have been available for planning and the tools that are labeled planning tools have started to embed in them more flexibility, less sort of enhanced structure. And that, I think, has been a very positive thing. Um, You know, I think about early on when I was, again, when I was first starting my career, the tools that were available, and I'm talking about primarily talking about technical tools uh, that had to do with planning. You know, there was there were tools like Microsoft Project, which is you know which is which of course fa- famously uh, you know uh, been around for a long time, um, and and other other projects, uh, other project management tools like that. And of course, if you believe that that's what planning looks like, right? Uh, if I'm going to buy a new mobile phone, I need to crack open a Microsoft Project. You know, file and and start to plan it with that you know with that sort of structure. Um, then you might have less you might feel um, you know, sort of less comfortable with the idea that planning, uh, you know planning is what 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 enough planning means is contingent on, you know the size of the project, who's who's on it. And frankly, and this is, I think, the sort of the, the wonderful phrase that we use in getting things done, you know, how much planning is necessary? Enough planning to get that thing off your mind. That's how much planning is necessary. So it, it then becomes a very personal thing, right? And of course, here we're talking primarily about, um, you know, about individual planning, although the natural planning model, of course, can be used for teams. But, but again, getting back to this point about, about, um, you know about language i think that if uh, if if you had said um you know back in the day if you had said what's the relationship between a line item on a microsoft project uh line i don't even know what that's called uh uh task i think it might be called a task anyway and and what we would call um a next action And getting things done, right? You'd very quickly get to the realization that things that are planned in Microsoft Project typically don't come anywhere near the level of specificity that a next action has. And that then implies, hey, there's value there, right? What getting things done is saying is that in order for us to be most effective and most efficient as individuals and as members of teams, we really need to think this down to the level of very practical, visible, physical, what do I do next, right? And that's not something that's going to be stored. In an X, uh, in, a, in a Microsoft Project file, um, so the, so the flexibility of the tools has meant that we can think about planning in different ways. And as I say, I think that has also um, engendered different different words, right? Using different words as we as we talk about what productivity means, what planning means.
1: Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, interesting as you're talking about the the different tools. It occurs to me that as things become more complex. In a way, the tools have become more simple or more generic, you know, more applicable to a broad range of of styles. But the, the the thinking has to become more sophisticated then in relation to that. And I think that's where mapping the language of GTD and a core understanding of how to manage your individual commitments well to the tool uh, can be really, really powerful. You know, when I think of organizations where. They're really leveraging the power of the shared language of GTD. Obviously, at David Allen Company, we had that in spades, and here at Next Action Associates as well. So I'm thinking about simple things like our use of uh, of a Trello board for a Scrum, where you know we can come into the tool, and some people had never really used the tool that way before at all, and we're asking, okay, well what represents a project? Well, the, the the card itself represents the project. The columns will represent the status of that project we're looking at. Where are we going to put, you know, keep track of the flow of next actions and who kind of has the ball? Well, let's do that in the comments. Who Where are we going to keep track of who owns that? Okay, well, let's, let's use the assigning a person to do that. And very, very quickly with a fairly generic tool that uses terminology like cards and columns and whatever we we go into that and we say right how do we use this to track those critical components of who owns it what's the next step what is the overall you know desired outcome and what is the kind of relative state of play so we can immediately Take a generic tool and with common language make it a sophisticated tool that's perfectly adapted to our needs. Whereas, you know, the Microsoft Project Gantt chart—good luck restructuring that guy to be anything other than a waterfall-style flow of, of timeline. You know, about about how the project should go. And if you're off track from this idealized model, obviously someone's doing something wrong and and needs to be told off. So. Um, Yeah, we need more and more flexibility, but as we get more and more flexibility, we're also getting really enough rope to get get really tangled up. Um, And so I think that's where more and more language and methodology and thought process really starts to win the day. I don't know what, yeah. what you think. No, that's. I,
0: I think that's 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 great. That's a that's a really nice way to put it. I'm, you know, I am reflecting on the fact that that in the span of our sort of professional careers, the world has changed an awful lot, right? And and I love the, you know this idea that in a sense, as the tools have gotten simpler, the onus has come back on us to use the tools in the most effective ways, right? And the tools, and and you know, many of the tools are quite simple, right? They're in the sense that. You don't need, uh, you know, you don't need a three-day, you know, a three-day training course to learn how to use uh, the core functions of something like Trello or, or, or Planner or whatever. Um, so it, so it, it becomes a little bit more important that we use them in, that, that, that we bring the sophistication, if you will, in terms of the, the, the mental processes, the, inner, the interpersonal processes that we use in order to make the most of the tool. Um, because I think if you'd asked me at the beginning of my career if that's the way the world was trending, I would have I would have said, well, no, probably we're going in the in the direction of more you know more specificity. You know, Microsoft Project on steroids. You know, I don't know exactly what that even would have looked like. You know, some sort of a. sort of an implant that lets you know when you're going and you know you're going over budget or you're you're causing impact on the project because because someone else is dependent on your efforts and and, you know they're they're not going to be able to get home on time but um yeah i would have been way wrong on that but uh but no but i think we've come overall to a really good place uh you know generally and i think that that gtd slots you know it's it's one of these things the, the fact that you and i have been doing this podcast series for as long as we have and we find that this is evergreen, right? If you're interested in talking about productivity, if you're interested in thinking about how do I make sure I'm focused on the right stuff, keeping my head clear, getting home in time to read bedtime stories, there's a huge amount here for you, right? Uh, And this, I think this today's conversation is is yet further proof of that. Look, we're, we're drawn to a, to an end here, sadly. Um, let's, let's just maybe in the interest of, of, um, giving folks some practical, you know, next steps, right? So if they say, okay, kind of got it. I think uh, I agree. Language is kind of important. What would you say would be a good place to start? What would you recommend that people do as a first step to sort of get to the point where they feel like they've, um, uh, you know, they maybe may made some improvements for themselves and for their teams in the way that they're using language around all this.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, I'm a big fan of opening up those kind of conversations situationally and as they arise. You know, so that, that you can start to align um, in real, practical ways that that start to pay off. And the biggest place I see opportunities for language alignment are in meetings. Right. Just for example, um, well, the meeting we just had, right? You know, prior to this podcast, we came together and you opened up your agendas of waiting for us for me. I opened up my agendas of waiting for us for you. We knew exactly what we were going to do. We were going to sift out and find what did we need to talk about in those in those few minutes. So you can start with that with one to one saying, "Hey, I'm keeping this this waiting for list and do you have one for me?" And if not, you could start that and we could start to kind of, you know, collaborate in that way. Or in bigger meetings, you know, starting to say, "Hey, let's take the last 5 minutes and let's talk about desired outcomes as a result of this conversation." Right? Just that. Just, you know, I want to talk about desired outcomes. What is our desired outcome here? So starting to pepper that in uh, not only to to asking yourself that which you will be doing as a GTD practitioner but starting to ask other people right and i don't think really anyone would be offended by the question you know what what do you want to be true here what would be ideal for you right they, most of the time they're glad you asked right it's like wow you actually you you actually care rather than just working on this you want to help me achieve achieve the goal. So um, starting to ask those good questions, starting to bring those into meetings and conversations in a in a kind of natural way, I think is a great way to kind of lay some groundwork and then as people see see that working, uh, it's always a good option, you know, good time to potentially slip them slip on the book as well. I know what what do you think, Todd in terms of practical practical entry points to improving language?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I really love your idea of, of making it situational, right? Rather than scheduling a, you know, scheduling a meeting where you say, okay, we're going to agree what everything means. Um, we're going to start on page one of the dictionary, making our way through all the way through. I love the idea of just sort of addressing these things as they're situationally coming up. That, that's seems much more organic in some ways, more, more sustainable and, and more more humane you know in a way that's not putting too fine a point on it um i I would i would agree with what you said i think you know for me um if we think about uh if we think about what gtd brings to the table and how it helps us overall i think that we um it's it's sort of a layer of the methodology that's that we don't talk about directly but it is the fact that it is bringing suggested language To the table and saying, "Okay, here's a definition of a project. Here's a definition of a waiting for. Here's here's a definition of something that we call someday maybe. Here's a definition of something that we call an agenda." Right, just to pick a few examples. Um, and that I think can be the, the beginning. So, so whether you agree with that, right? Whether you want to call your projects projects, maybe you want to call them something else, call them because you you think the word project means something else to me. It's a project is something with a team and it takes three years and it ta- has a budget and it has a steering committee. Fine. Then maybe for, for your GTD purposes, you're going to call it an outcome, or you're going to call it a GTD project, or you'll call it something else. So the words themselves right can be can vary but what's really important and what's really important i think for you as an individual practitioner and also for you as you're interacting with other people if you want to make those interactions as effective as possible is that you come to some uh, again some some understandings that are shared <laughs> shared with yourself as it were um when it comes to your own productivity and then shared to shared with other people um in order to get the most out of your relationships and your your uh, you know your productive efforts with them Folks, thank you very much for being with us for this Change Your Game with GTD podcast. Um, as always, please do hit uh, hit like and subscribe if you'd like to be notified when uh, when new editions of this come out. Um, we always, as we say quite regularly, we always do like to take, uh, take requests. So if there's anything you'd like to be hearing us talk about, please do let us know. Um, uh, for now, uh, bye from me, bye from Robert, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time.